We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to your premier destination for game stacks, the Roto Underworld Stack Fest, brought to you by Player Profiler on rotorgrinders.com. Take that for the mouthful that I didn't screw up this time for the first time in 14 weeks. But it is week 14. It is, um, I've talked about this on a couple of different shows where I like to think about this as like a second wave of chaos in the NFL. I mean, we saw it last night. If anybody watched the Thursday night football game, the former Super Bowl champion Rams are playing with Baker Mayfield, <laughs> who had just recently got released, who marches the field and basically ends the Raiders season because they don't throw the ball. You know, it's just we reach the point now where we think we know a lot, but we kind of really are back to not knowing as much as we think as teams really start to go in opposite directions. Teams shut it down. Teams are playing for their lives. It's, injuries are all over the place. It's kind of a fun time. You know, it, it can be tiring. You get to week seven, eight, nine, ten of the DFS season. And I start to get a little reinvigorated at this point in the season because there is a lot more new things to talk about. 
than people probably expect. If you follow any of us, any of the three of us, you are probably also uh, focusing in on your your season long playoffs, which is the last week to try to get into those your best ball playoffs. So it's a really fun time to be digging in to fantasy. And I found I don't know about you guys. Week 14 is tough. This week, we, we we were talking before the show, the best game of the week is was flexed to Sunday night. I don't even hate the Monday night game for fantasy, and the main slate does not have a lot of appealing things. So I'm excited to talk to you guys to uncover some of these games. Matt was bringing up again before the show a, a game we're going to have to uncover something similar to this that was totally off the radar a few weeks ago, Bengals-Steelers, that we really honed in on as a game to shoot way over the total that nobody was looking at for tournaments, for game stacks, and it was an absolute stone-cold smash. And so I think this week, the crux is, how do we find that game? That's the kind of game we're going to have to find again this week because there's not a lot really standing out on this slate. Dario, how are you feeling about Week 14? Good. Yeah. Like you said, it, it's pretty thin and there's a lot of low totals this week. I think there's two games on the main slate with totals under 40. So just a lot of a lot of gross happening. I saw but... one 37 and a half. <laughs> and the only reason the Broncos game isn't down in the you know mid 30s uh, is because they're playing the Chiefs. Otherwise, we'd probably have a lot. You know, if it was Broncos Raiders or something, we'd have another 30 point 30 point total. But uh, With starting uh, wide receiver that's... Kendall Hinton. <laughs> I don't even know who is the third wide receiver for the for the are they even going to play one I mean oh my god the Broncos are such a mess you who would have thunk we got to week 14 with all these horrible games and Broncos Chiefs is amongst the bottom of the you know near the bottom of the list it's just absolutely crazy but anyway Dario continue yeah it's funny because I was thinking about that when the uh, intro was rolling for the little roto grinders music and one of the pictures was like Russell Wilson celebrating a touchdown and I was like oh man how the mighty have fallen but yeah, I think get I mean, that graphic guys, let's get the motion <laughs> graphics people in on this, by the I way. Think... Hey, uh, did you, did you happen to have that game by the way, just looking back in time, back in the time machine, did you, did you have Bengals Steelers? Did you have any money on that, Derek? Uh, yes, we did. Oh God. This is both simultaneously. It was an exciting game to hit on that game, stacked it up. Main slate, afternoon slate, everything. Two things happen. This is the epitome of DFS. You nail the stack that nobody's playing, right? Absolutely no one's playing that game. 67 total points. The total was like 43 or something like that. Something dumb. And, it, and everybody ha- and everybody is not playing it. Najee Harris, who of course I is not. <laughs> he was the Joe Mixon of that week. Yeah, right. I'm, where I'm, I'm mean... Xing that guy out and he scores two touchdowns. Yeah. And then even then. It was still going great. Joe Burrows crushed. T. Higgins crushed, et cetera. And George Pickens, who had a good game, had like 80 yards and a touchdown. On the last play of the Steelers drive, or, or one of the last plays of the game, he breaks wide open down the sideline. Pickett puts it right on him, right in the hands, drops it. That would have been, you know, that would have been seven for 140 and two touchdowns oh. or whatever. Oh. And instead, instead he scores 20 points, which was great. 20 points, you know, for like 5K is great. Hey, but like forexed it. You could have. Yeah, but like 38 oh, sounds better. 38 sounds a little better. <laughs> oh, I would have hit the bonus. Oh, don't get me. Oh, it's not yep. even. Why? We, we were look, close. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, man. I'm sorry to release. At least we're that. starting out on a positive note. Thanks, Matt. Really appreciate <laughs> no, it. No, I just, it's just, it's interesting that for some reason that Vegas doesn't think that this is a shootout. 
Browns Bengals. I, I I couldn't figure it out. So I pulled up my weather app. I use the, the dark sky weather app. So I typed in Cincinnati, Ohio guys, Cincinnati, Ohio on Sunday, 50 degrees and partly cloudy. <laughs> okay. So it's not football a weather, weather issue. There's no issues. It's perfect football weather. It's like, you couldn't have drawn it up better. You have Deshaun Watson having a second game back, having, you know, now he's reacclimated to the league. I mean, 46 and a half, hell out of here. So should we start with that game, Dario? Is that uh, is that 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 sound all right for, for you? Because yeah, I, yeah, think, I think it's actually pretty fascinating to talk through. Let's start with the Browns side. Deshaun Watson was horrible last week. There's really no way, no way to no other way to put it. He was bad in the preseason. He was outside of Kyle Allen. You know, from a success rate or any sort of metric you would like to put, Deshaun Watson was the worst quarterback in the league, and Kyle Allen was the worst and on the other side of that game and got re-benched for Davis Mills. He was bad, but do you th- like how are you assessing that in terms of this game? You know, can he get it back? Can he be? He doesn't obviously have to become old Deshaun Watson for this game to shoot out and be good. Be good for tournaments. But like we do need a requisite level, right? It, like he needs to just be Jacoby Brissett. They almost should just put Jacoby Brissett back in. He needs to just be that level of competent, right? Because his his incompetence killed Nick Chubb. So did the defensive touchdowns. But he 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 sunk everything about that offense. Can he be good enough to allow Nick Chubb to to get back to being as good as he was? Amari Cooper to get back to being as good as he was. Our boy DPJ, David Njoku is back. There's appealing guys mainly as bringbacks on the other side of Joe Burrow, but it, it, a lot of it does hinge on Deshaun Watson being good enough to support them. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, very much an unprecedented situation. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, like, I, I know for a fact that that he's going to be good now after getting all, <laughs> all that out of his system in, in the first game. I mean, a- every part of me wants him to suck for the next five years so the Browns can <laughs> can eat it for giving him that contract. But I mean, that that's not real football analysis. Unfortunately, I do think though, the Cincinnati defense is a lot better than the Texans defense, which is kind of concerning from that front. Like if he couldn't get anything going against the Texans, like the Bengals who have a pretty solid secondary and a very well-coached defense, like they've beaten Mahomes three games in a row. That's crazy. <laughs> um, so I think that is, is not an element that, you know, lends itself to Deshaun Watson, you know, suddenly finding his groove against this defense. What do you think, Matt? (laughs) It is interesting, right? Vegas out on Deshaun Watson. They think he's dust (laughs) based on the game total. That's all I can imply, right? Talk about, you know, implied points. Well, the implication is that he's terrible. He's dust. It's over. He might as well retire. I don't know why he's even playing, right? Except a couple, couple hundred million reasons. Yeah. And the $500 million after <laughs> you know, compounded interest, right? In 20 years. Hey, it's Deshaun Watson. And I've seen him feather in deep balls to Will Fuller on a loop for a number of years. And I'm going to go ahead and let that sample be the sample that guides me here guides me to the over guides me to these stacks stacking this game and just getting excited about DPJ getting excited about Amari Cooper 
And then when everybody looks up and is like, oh, yeah, I guess he had a bad first game and like a lot of quarterbacks, he, he struggled in preseason or, you know, wasn't totally sharp in preseason like a lot of people aren't. And then he, he finally got into a groove and he is what we thought he was, or at least what the Browns thought he was when they, uh, you know, signed him <laughs> for the big contract. That's probably what's going to happen if we to absolve ourselves of all the emotion and all the the victory lapping about him as a person and getting, you know, uh, abused himself by the Texans. It was just a beautiful thing to watch. I get it, <laughs> but, but we're trying to make money. And if you want to make money, you got to do the dirty stuff. And that means firing up Deshaun Watson at value. The guy can also run for 50 yards and a touchdown as well as being the best deep ball passer in the NFL before he went away. And now he's got one of the best route runners in Amari Cooper and one of the, the, the signature size speed specimens on the outside in Donovan Peoples-Jones. I'm in. Who returned a punt for a touchdown, by the way, I'm in. last week. Uh, I'm in, damn it. And then Joku being one of the bigger specimens at uh, at the tight end position. And he is back and I believe off the in- totally off the injury. Report. I'm in. One fascinating thing you mentioned that the total. So I went back and looked at two things: the total of the Browns game last week against the Texans, and it was around forty-six. So last That's week, what they're saying in his they're first, they're saying he's game, Kyle Allen. Yeah, they they basically are saying you know the market is saying we saw that one game from Deshaun Watson, and that's what it is because our ex- now the Texans obviously as Dario outlined are a, farly, a fairly different matchup from the Bengals, but they expected that game, whether it be a lot more Browns scoring and some Texans pushback, to get a, to a fairly similar level of this one. And this has the Bengals are are hot, man. Joe Burrow is feeling it. They've made some nice uh, shifts that Dario outlined a while back uh, before I faded Joe Mixon when he went for five touchdowns. <laughs> Uh, about how they made some shifts into the shotgun. The offense has just been cooking ever ever since then. Have you Jamar seen the Chase sack numbers. It, they look the, incredible. The sack number chart is like. <laughs> it's it's funny how you get your quarterback back there where he can see everything and diagnose everything, and he gets sacked less. Uh, uh, some you NFL give your teams. offensive linemen a chance to coalesce. Yes. It's yes, just... they're new guys. They you know in in the heat of the moment when. Yeah, the, the plays are happening at full speed because they rarely happen at full speed with full pads in practice. Takes them a few weeks to figure out assignments in the heat of the battle. Now they have that. They uh, It was a massive interior offensive line upgrade. Massive. Right? Bringing in Kappa. Bringing in essentially, okay, give me Belichick's guy and Brady's guy. Let's bring him in. We'll, it, was, it was the solution to the problem that we knew an NFL team had this off season and it's all working. It's all clicking and it does take a few weeks for both Vegas and the public to get all this figured out and all this out of their system. So that's when we strike. I really, really, really like the Bengals side. I do. Let, let's talk about the Bengals side. We can kind of, as we talk them through, can it, can, it, it can drive us to maybe some of these Browns where we can hone in a little bit on how we want to attack that Brown side. Because with Jamar Chase back and with all these adjustments with the offensive line upgrades, the Bengals just look like unreal, almost unstoppable on offense. Dario, how do you want to go about, though? Joe Mixon is back. Chase is back. 
Tyler Boyd is apparently just stone dust, but like, how do we go about thinking st- Hayden Hurst is out? Correct. Um, so he that's was, one. Yeah. One I think I saw he was doubtful. So I, you know, that, that means out. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I don't think that, what is it? Mitchell Wilcox is going to be a thing that we'll discuss here for DFS. Oh. So maybe that removes, maybe that removes one, one potential piece, but how are you kind of thinking about the Bengals first and foremost? Cause I do think they're the predominant side here. Yeah, I think when any team faces the Browns, like that team's running back is a conversation you have to have. And obviously, Joe Mixon is coming back from his concussion. We know that coming back from a concussion, not nearly as concerning as, you know, a hamstring, a calf, an ankle, whatever it may be. But he is projected for 22% ownership right now, which is pretty (laughs) steep. I think my gut is you know go a little bit below that but we we've said that about mixing before so it's kind of god damn it we're bringing up all my ptsd here uh uh, on this show in the first you know what can stop mixing right you know what can stop mixing uh the browns getting out to a lead well how do the browns get out to get out get out to a lead they i think they got a pretty good running back if 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 their quarterback (laughs) if their quarterback isn't dust (laughs) i think you know, as as disgusting as it is to say it, I think you you're probably right that we're co- like the the world is collectively underestimating the probability of that outcome right now. That like Deshaun Watson could like there's there's a good chance that he is that player that you know we knew him to be in Houston. So he's he comes uh, back. Uh, and... quick, quick question. Sorry to interrupt, Dario. I just you guys ever play football? A little bit, a little every now and then. Play some football. Maybe so here's how football my hamstring works. at a turkey bowl with some friends, but we'll keep that. Yeah, yeah. You, you ever you ever played with a, a guy that it, uh, hadn't played football in a little while? Okay, a couple times. Did he? Was he actually terrible, or what happened? Uh, not in this way that the show, it. A few guys, you know, would blow out their knee and try to come back and be a little bit of a shell of themselves. This was oh, back, yeah. you know. I'm I'm almost thirty. Have you ever seen so rusty was... guys? Yeah, listen, game knows game. Okay, <laughs> the guys, the guys, good. The guys, good, and you don't just forget how to throw a spiral, right? I'm thinking of my uncle. Okay, I'm thinking about my uncle, who's you know uh, who. who hasn't thrown a football in years and guess what when i throw it to him and he played in high school he played high school quarterback and i go deep guess where the ball is right here right here hasn't thrown a football in two years where's the ball right here (laughs) okay uncle joe okay so this is the uncle joe principle let's go (laughs) I, i do think something to piggyback on that a little bit is um I hope Deshaun's a little better than your Uncle Joe. But if they can simplify things a little bit, because I think it's a lot of the mental aspect of of things, right? I'm not trying to get in all super crazy hand in the dirt or hand in the brain or whatever the hell you want to call it. But like the the difficult aspect of coming back of basically not playing for two years is reading defenses at light speed, right? You know, the thing, you know, like the interception he threw at the goal line was terrible. And it was just like a bad read. You know, sometimes you don't see, I mean, Tom Brady didn't see uh, whoever it was the other night, you know, a linebacker dropping into coverage that that happens to the good players. Now think about it when you don't read NFL defenses, you know, at game speed for two years. So it's going to come. 
I, I don't really doubt that he'll be fine event- eventually. When is that going to happen? I don't know. But I think the Browns are the appropriate situation to continue to gradually allow him to get back up to speed. And I don't think they did that super well. I think they put a little bit too much on his back in that first game. And maybe that made sense against the Texans. It was like, really, who cares? They suck. We're going to win. It doesn't matter. Let's see. Let's see how Deshaun looks. But I think in a game with the Bengals, using that running game, right? How, how, how did they win games with Baker Mayfield for so long? How have they won games with Jacoby Brissett? How did they win games with what? What was it like Case Keenum back in the day? It's because they, 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 they have two freaking stud running backs with a beastly offensive line that allowed the quarterback to to work through play action, short down and distance. God forbid, use his legs a little bit. I don't think they used his legs nearly enough last week. I think that they'll figure it out too. It's not just Deshaun. It's the, t- the team doesn't know how to use him. He's never played for them before. That was the first time he's basically played for them, you know, outside of a, a few practices here he, and there. He so did I run think- seven times. Right, it was it's good. But, it's but, good. That was good to me. That was maybe that was the under the radar stat. No one taught. Hey, seven seven rush attempts. It could have been three. Yeah, I I, I agree. I do think he's scr- he was he, he was he was scrambling, which is like both good and bad. It's like part of it. I don't. He, maybe he wasn't reading the defense. But the other thing yeah. is he's willing to run. He's willing to use the one thing that he we know that he has is the legs. Is the one thing. It, it, despite the time off, whatever. He's an athlete, and so if he can use that. And, and they can use the run game to help set him up and all that, right? That's kind of the backwards way we always talk about it, you know, with analytics and stuff nowadays and pass rate over expectation. But I think that they're a really unique situation. And I do think that if they can, as a team, figure out the best way to use him in the short term as he continues to get up to speed, they can be successful. And they're going to have to be because the Bengals are going to sc- the Bengals are going to score some points. Mm-hmm. It, it, it uh, could just be garbage time too. It could be. Yeah, hundred percent. He could be. Just finally in garbage time with nothing left to play for or knowing they're out of it, they leave him in there, the pressure's off, and he finally lets it loose. He, Who knows, remember, right? Who it's knows? It's been so long. It's been so long. That's what he used to do. You remember for fantasy? That's what he, I'm thinking. He, that's what he did. Fourth quarter bombs to Hopkins and Will Fuller and all. He's running around like a madman, you know, in the backfield. It, it wasn't like design plays. All those deep balls were because he scrambled around on the Texans and they were down by 14 points in the fourth quarter. I'm not saying he's prepared to do that right now, but it's possible that he's going to have to try on Sunday, which means really good things for fantasy, probably for him, but also for Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Et, et cetera. I do want to talk about the Bengals, though. We kind of pivoted a little bit because Deshaun's a very polarizing thing to talk Sorry, about. Sorry, we just a, keep talking. I know, I know. But uh, Dario, I, yeah, I will go say back to the Bengals. Well, one last thing on the subject of Watson, like I think <laughs> his his play style, <laughs> his play style is a lot like Justin Fields before Justin Fields came into the league. Like if you think about how long he holds the ball, his tendency to just like run around like crazy in the backfield before unleashing one and also just the scramble drill. So I think that for the upside we've seen from fields this season, like there's definitely, you know, we know that Deshaun Watson was doing that before Justin Fields came to the NFL. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, Tyler Boyd, I will say we would be talking about him very differently if he hadn't dropped that touchdown Mm -hmm. last week. So that's one of those situations where I think you kind of want to, like maybe try to forget that a little bit and say, look, he he's still got that red zone target right now. He's projecting to be the lowest owned of the trio of receivers for Joe Burrow by a mile. And also the cheapest, obviously he's only 5,000 on DraftKings. So I think 
you kind of still want to mix him into your stacks. He makes a lot more available with the rest of your lineup than double stacking Chase and Higgins. So I think mixing in some, you know, Chase and Boyd, Higgins and Boyd makes a lot of sense with your Burrow stacks. I think this is a great week for Chase and Boyd. I know you think, oh, it's uh, Denzel Ward. Oh, he's a tough matchup. No, he's not. Denzel Ward hasn't been good this year. Denzel Ward is currently ranked number 38 on the player profiler cornerback rankings, courtesy of uh, Cody Carpentier. And he has an even coverage rating. So we look at separation against. We look at pass breakups and fantasy points per target allowed. And he's right there, right? He's, he's league average in coverage rating on playerprofiler.com. So Denzel Ward is a is a perfectly acceptable matchup for Jamar Chase. Uh, uh, someone named Emerson is the other guy. Emer- Martin Emerson is his name. Uh, I hadn't really heard of him. Uh, but, Sounds like uh, a hockey goalie. Sounds like a hockey goalie. Not really an NFL name, is it? <laughs> no. No. Golfer, hockey, something like that. Uh, you know, goalie uh, for uh, some a Premier League team uh, in soccer. Anyway, not a football player. Uh, he's outside the top 50 in uh, our cornerback ranking. So the outside corners are the weakness. The inside corner, Greg Newsom, that's their strength. And if you look at Greg Newsom's slot rate the last you know few weeks, I mean, it's been 94, 74, 79. He's almost always lining up in the slot, and that's going to be Tyler Boyd. So if there was a week where I would say this actually doesn't feel like a Tyler Boyd week, I'm not scared of Tyler Boyd. It would be this week. Focus on those outside wide receivers with Burrow. Run it back with our customary Donovan Peoples-Jones. <laughs> also Amari Cooper. It'd be the, this tees up nice for Amari Cooper, too, because we know Ouzé's out. Now it's Eli Apple and Mike Hilton and Trey Flowers. This is perfect, right? This is what you're, this is what you're looking for. This was the same argument we had for George Pickens when he was a drop touchdown away from being like the millionaire maker winning wide receiver mm-hmm. so let's go let's go with this game fellas let's go do you draw any either of you draw anything away from the fact that deshaun threw 22 times last week and amari had nine of those targets i, I, I you know he did do like i'm not saying it, two years ago i'm not trying to draw these parallels but it's just an easy way to communicate it you know, Will Fuller was the DPJ where like, you know, Will Fuller, when DeAndre Hopkins played, was never getting the huge target share, but he catching, you know, 60 yard touchdowns. Hopkins yeah. was just racking up targets yes. and catches. So it feels like that is kind of how it's, you know, it's one game. It's 20. Eric, just that's what it feels forget like. Get it, man. Why are you bringing this up? This is old news, <laughs> right? This is this is this is this is really like stale analysis. I can't believe you're in. That's that's analysis from last week. Those <laughs> parallels are from last week. Deshaun Watson stunk last week. He's not yeah. good anymore. <laughs> Ew. I do, what do you think, think Dario. We have to point out that Amari Cooper popped up on the injury report, didn't practice today. He apparently hurt his hip in practice yesterday. So that's like not a great look for Amari. I think that's probably one that there will be a lot of reports coming in on. We'll have to keep an eye on over the weekend. But that potentially means 
nuclear DPJ and some interest in David Bell probably becomes the other receiver and two receiver sets. And David Bell's been showing some encouraging signs of life lately. You know, we talk about rookies and the second half down the stretch breakout. I think that he's someone, especially if Amari Cooper does end up missing this game, I think he's someone that you're going to want to have in your portfolio. David makes Bell, sense. punt, play, wide receiver. God, this game has something for everybody, man. <laughs> there are a, That is probably what is the most fascinating thing to me about it is I feel, you know, not to be overconfident in the in the Bengals side, but frankly that without Hayden Hurst, um, it's just three wide receivers. Uh, Joe Mixon yeah. is back. And, you know, you sprinkle in some some Joe Mixon because he does have a have a good matchup. And then obviously Joe Burrow. But it's, you know, it's fairly straightforward when you're constructing a portfolio of teams. On the Brown side, you kind of have all these puzzle pieces that that you can use. And we've talked a lot about the pass game and Deshaun, but I also don't think you you should totally write off either of the running backs. I think mm-hmm. we outlined the game script that, uh, like Dario mentioned, the market and the whole DFS world, uh, similar to what happened last night with the Rams beating the Raiders with Baker Mayfield and Ben Skaronic and Tutu Atwell, you know, and uh, no Aaron Donald and beating the Raiders that no one thought could, could happen. People are building showdown lineups with five Raiders and one Ram, even though the spread was only six and a half in this game. No one is saying, well, what happens if the Browns just have success here to start? Mm-hmm. And that could be Nick Chubb. I yeah, mean, we're and- talking a lot about Deshaun, but that could easily be Nick Chubb as well. And I was talking about the the Bengals defense. They're actually 26th in um, rush EPA allowed. So teams are having success against them on the ground as opposed to through the air where they're top 10. So I think if the Browns are to succeed in this game, it's going to be with Chubb at least for, for some portion of it. And then maybe using Deshaun Watson off of that. And I think people are, you know, we again, we talked a lot about Deshaun Watson, but I think people are the Deshaun Watson negative sentiment is leaking down into Chubb. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, how could Chubb have had such a bad game against the Texans? But it's like they never had the ball on offense either. Chubb didn't have a great game, only had 80 yards, no scores. But like they scored three defensive special teams and two defensive touchdowns. They never had the ball either. So we really didn't get to see what would have happened in a more of a normal game. And I don't suspect Joe Burrow is going to turn it over three times. Crazy dude. And I think this is is so crazy. What's happened. This is like the recency bias, wet dream of my life (laughs) that this is what's happening. Like, I can't even believe it. I can't even this is I can't believe that given all the the reasons why you could just throw that game away and forget it happened that it the opposite is happening that it's like now like defined Deshaun Watson and this team. Yeah. What I think before... the outlier game that was. Forget it. <laughs> Pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, I agree. A, yeah compelling argument i i I think it's i think it's fair to say you know if we were if we were creating projections i don't create the projections obviously but our team is creating projections you guys are creating projections if we're we're not taking the three years ago deshaun watson as our as our expectation for the offense but we're also not taking last week and i think the public is taking last week as this is the 
the truth. And so that's kind of the big sentiment this week. And so that spills down to all of these Browns players, right? I am much more interested in, in Joe Burrow as a DFS play for myself personally, especially on DraftKings. I mean, it's a $600 price difference. Not saying you can't play Deshaun Watson, but I'm saying, yeah, I, I just, I, Maybe I'm falling in love also with the recency bias, but I think the recency bias of the Bengals is an extended period of them being great. And now Jamar Chase is back and Joe Mixon is back. And the offensive line is awesome, as we outlined before. So I lean a little bit more heavily to that side from a stacking perspective. But I think all these bringbacks are awesome. Like, dude, Deshaun used to have games where Jordan Aikens would score. Remember, like, we'd have, like, Jordan yeah. <laughs> Aikens big games and stuff. Like, yes. Njoku, no one's playing David Njoku. No one's playing Donovan Peoples-Jones. No one's playing Amari Cooper. And no one's playing Nick Chubb. And the, uh, the first thing we talked about this slate is that it's awful. We can't even – normally we talk about four or five games to stack. We could barely find two. <laughs> to, to, when do we ever talk up? about Nick Chubb, bro? Yeah. You know, we're like, we're like, oh, what about, what about Kareem Hunt? You know, we're like, hey, this is like a, no, man, I'm into, I'm into Chubb. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, look, one, one thing on David Bell, he very super prototypical sort of development curve in that first five weeks, he's underutilized, barely sees the field. Then, you know, typical second, third round pick who had a good camp starts to get that 50 plus percent snap share wins that number three job. He's in there in three receiver sets, 29 routes, 22 routes, 24 routes, 28 routes, 21 routes. Then the thumb injury he's out after the first quarter. And now he has no injury designation heading into week 14. It's on. For yeah, I think Bell I saw as well. He's going to be in there. I saw a crazy out stat too, right? that um, David Bell, I think, out of 200 plus snaps this season all but one has been in three receiver sets so he's like exclusively the guy that comes onto the field when they're bringing in that third receiver but i think that you know if if amari cooper is even just like oh hey coach like you know i'm need a breather this week and just like has a you know not full workload not to mention the scenario where he misses the game like this could be a big david bell breakout for sure i I also think and and we can move on to maybe everyone's favorite game of of the week. I also think he he fits in a salary saving situation in a, in a game stack. Matt talked about maybe wanting to prioritize Chase and Higgins a little bit more. You know, Joe Burrow is seven k. If you do want to spend up somewhere else, or you want to use Nick Chubb and really just like onslaught this game, it does get a little pricey. Not a lot of. I mean, outside of um, I don't think any of us are particularly excited about playing. 3k Texans wide receivers against against the Cowboys uh, you know there's not a lot or Kendall Hinton there's not a lot down there and so he would make sense he would also make sense in the scenario in which we're outlining the Bengals score a lot of points right the Bengals get up multiple why is he you know he's playing in three wide receiver sets that's fine if they're losing and they're playing three wide three wide receiver mm-hmm. sets right he's gonna he's gonna be on the field so build a team that sets you up for that that scenario right well that's a you know burrow chase higgins david bell maybe njoku tpj whatever however you want to build that team but he fits he fits that and i mean there ain't nobody there ain't nobody playing david there's probably nobody talking about Dave. we spent more time talking about david bell than anybody else's but i think these are the guys that do make these game stack conversations a lot more fun because mm-hmm. how, you know why would you like people are going to play philip dorsett and it's like why would you yeah. play philip dorsett over david bell you know in a bengal stack I mean, yeah, I, I understand it from, you know, a, a cash game. Typically, 
you're looking to play more of like a slot receiver just to get, you know, chase the volume, you know, get your 12 points and move on with a punt play wide receiver. I Yes, that's fine. It's weird, right? That a guy that looks like Philip Dorsett would be that guy would be a free square wide receiver for cash. And a slot receiver would be more of a tournament play. But actually, that is the case this week. Where happy to use Dorset and Cash, want no part of him in tournaments, but where's the upside there? It doesn't exist, right? That's been our whole thesis from week one that the upside is in the game scenario that could unfold if things break right. That upside doesn't exist with the in the best case scenario game situation. What are, what are you getting? From the Texans players, you're not getting enough, <laughs> no, right? You're not no. getting enough. So get <laughs> out of here. Their implied team total is less than 14. It's stupid. <laughs> it's just dumb. It's like if you if you were to play Damian Pierce in tournaments last week, it's just like, dude, hit yourself in the face with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> it's the per- it is though the perfect example of like all like most of the Texans from a median projection standpoint, because you have to give production right to a team and they're all so cheap. They all look like if you point per dollar projection, it's like, you know, there's Philip Dorsett and there's Chris Moore and there's, you know, and there's Damian Pierce. And it's like, but as you guys have outlined as Brad and folks in the chat are outlining, it's like, there is no upside. There is only downside. You cannot win a tournament with those guys because they cannot score enough points as a team. And, and they're they're over owned relative to their ability to win to it's, win you a tournament. It's, it's the it's it's the runaway scenario, you run and hide scenario of all of fantasy is that exact thing. That's why we have two. We essentially have two optimizers. We have a cash game optimizer on our DFS Dominator package, which looks at median projections. And if you want to do a proper like traditional optimization around that for a cash game, please by all means. But our lineup genius is something totally different. And it's told it's specifically for tournaments. Mm-hmm. It- and to before we move on to the Vines, uh, Vikings Lions game, <laughs> excuse me. Um, Vines I think we, Vikings, the Vikings. Yeah, we don't want to gloss over the fact that Jamar Chase just came back and was totally a monster. Like I, I think there, you know, there was some concern there, like we said. But I think I talked about this last week with that particular injury and the way that he has himself talked about it. I didn't think there was too much concern. And I mean, ran a route on 93% of dropbacks, eight targets, 97 yards. Like, I think you fire him up confidently once again this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, his yep. 15% ownership is right where I want it. Like, that, that's perfect. Stay right there, buddy. Right there at 15%. Yep. I'm going to pound that. I'm going to, uh, you're, you're at 15. I'll be at 25. Thank you very much. 100%. Love that. That's, that's perfect. The game that we're going to get to now, which is not going to quite necessarily have the ownership that we like on a lot of guys, but we definitely like a lot of these players in this game. And maybe we will use the lineup genius on this one is the lions and Vikings. Um, I definitely think this is the, the quote unquote go to game of the week for a lot of people. Rightfully. So there are some interesting things about it though. The lions defense has been one we've been attacking all year. And I'm not, I'm certainly not saying we shouldn't attack it with Justin Jefferson, right? Dalvin cook, TJ Hawkinson, whatever, but they have not been as bad uh, Mm -hmm. recently for a a month, month and a half as the market maybe seems to think. I'm not sure that projections have caught up to the fact that, so like, I think we talked about it last week. Um, Teams like the bears are that defense 
is like maybe the worst in the league right there as one of the worst in the league. The Lions maybe were that, and I'm not sure that they're to that level now. They're not, you know, mm-hmm. you're not worried about these guys against them. No. But I don't think I don't think it's the the same level of spot once it once the ownership gets to a certain point. Right. And price, you know, you get Justin Jefferson's price. So I think it's an it's a really fascinating conversation around this game where obviously I like Justin Jefferson. Obviously, I like Amon Ross St. Brown, et cetera, et cetera. But the field does, too. And I'm just, you know, on a normal week when we had other pivots, <laughs> we actually had other games we liked. It would be really easy for me to just say, well, let's just play, you know, Chiefs Bengals or, or that Steelers Bengals game or whatever. I struggle with that balancing act of there's not a lot of pivots, but I can, I, I see reasons for both appeal and maybe a little bit of pessimism in this game. I'm on raw. Number one projected ownership per Chris Cimino on Roto grinders. Just like last week, we're, we're looking at, you know, between 22 and 25%. It's a big number. It's a big number. Yeah. I mean, he was tackled at the one yard line twice last week like that that monster game with two touchdowns could have just as easily been four a touchdowns. four touchdown game Unbelievable. he's great we've talked <laughs> about so it good. we love him he's i so love good. him you know he's he's one of the he's basically got the terrell owens mindset terrell owens uh sort of a work ethic but he's starting from a place with more draft capital you know you know from a, a major conference program he doesn't quite have the, the the chip on his shoulder that that uh, Terrell Owens had coming out, but he's got a he's got a dad that's like programmed him to just be the, a total monster in the weight room on the practice field, you know, coming back from this injury that would have cost guys like him more games. Uh, it took him two weeks to to get back online one hundred percent, and now he's one of the top receivers in the league. He's this year's Cooper Cup, so you're gonna you're gonna play him. It's just that. You, you play him 15% versus the field at 25%. You play Chase 25% versus the field at 15%. I think that's a pretty easy equation to, 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 to run through considering they have similar salaries. Yep, and fairly similar projections. Amon Ra projects just a smidge higher, but you know we're talking about uh, uh, very close. What about Dario? What about the rest of the Lions? Uh, Matt and I were actually uh, uh, briefly DMing on, on, on Sunday because we talked – extensively about DJ Chark. DJ Chark, yeah. <laughs> last 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 oh, week. Man. In particular, we talked about him as a pivot off of say a Zay Jones, who at the point in time when Matt and I were DMing, DJ Chark had 99 yards and Zay Jones had uh, uh goose egg. Had 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 zero. Uh I think Zay Did Jones you guys remember one. that? Guys, because just everybody knows, just in case they're just tuning in, Eric, just a little extra context for everybody. Just just real quick if you don't mind. So anyway, kids, last week <laughs> last week it's crazy, and uh, you know you can go back and look. We have the logs. Uh, you can go back. Uh, last week, uh, it was Trevor Lawrence chalk after one good game ever. It was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Travis Etienne chalk uh, coming off a foot injury after he lost the entire previous season to a foot injury. And if you don't think that's crazy enough, it was Zay Jones chalk week. That was a thing that happened last week. And it was it was one of our, you know, signature run and hide scenarios. And I think we can add up the fantasy points. The three of those guys scored on two hands. <laughs> Pretty much. 
<laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I mean, what? <laughs> Listen, kids. <laughs> but DJ Chark about Zay Jones chalk. Yes. DJ DJ Chark uh, did everything last week that that we wanted, obviously, except get in the end zone and get what one one more yard. But like, think about two weeks ago. Jared Jared Goff just barely missed him on a long on a long touchdown that would have, he would have had a really nice week. Last week he is a yard away from from the bonus. You know, and doesn't and Amon Ross and and uh, the running backs score all the touchdowns. Little bounces here and there, and DJ Chark has like back to back twenty point weeks, and he is a critical part of people's you know plans in stacking the most popular game of the week. But because it just the ball hasn't bounced perfectly for him. His salary has not come up and his ownership has not come up. He again is my favorite play in this entire game. And mm-hmm. so he's, he's either, you know, you, you can use him as a, a leverage off of the Amon Raz of the world, or if you want to stack this game up and use him in concert with uh, Amon Ra, I think that's fine because, you know, it's kind of the combinatorial ownership versus raw ownership, right? Amon Ra is super chalky, but the more you attach on these guys mm-hmm. who are maybe not super chalky, you can totally play Amon Ra. He's a reason why um, I still really like this game, even though some of the ownership on a couple of guys has me worried. Mm-hmm. Chark's averaging 100 air yards a game if you just don't count week 11 where he had just the 14% snap share. What the hell? He's the best tournament play of the slate, right? Like at this ownership, if we assume if we assume this ownership, he just feels like the best tournament play of this. Five percent owned, DJ Chark in this game. Yeah, yeah I never careful. know, man. We 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 sit down for the show. Some weeks, you know, I'm like, yeah, wow, golf clap. You know, <laughs> DFS grinders, you guys got it. You figured it out. You know, good stuff. This week. Shark ownership. What? Yeah, we got to be careful. Otherwise, we're going to cause the shark chalk. It happened to DPJ, to be fair, a couple a couple of weeks ago. We we sat here and DPJ projected for like 5% or something. And, and then we couldn't, by we couldn't Saturday afternoon, it was like 17%. It. Yeah, we, could, we couldn't yeah. stop talking about how good of a play he was. And then, yeah, he was like in cash game lineups uh, by, by Sunday. But <laughs> cash, shark and cash isn't crazy also. I don't think so either. That's not crazy I, I, at all. And by the way, by the way, I, I, I saw what you did, Dario. And you, I, I saw you setting that up from like 90 seconds away. <laughs> chalk, but chalk. Dario, I get talk, it. I get talk, it. That's, I would have I done the move if you hadn't. Talk to us about <laughs> Chark Chalk. Yeah. Well, we, we've been getting very punny lately in the last the last couple of weeks. The season yeah, is we're, we're, uh, uh, hey, man, growing. Yeah. We're dads. We're <laughs> the days are getting season. shorter. It, it, you yeah. bust out the Chark Chalk talk. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's dark by the time we start this show here almost. And so, uh, yeah, it becomes a, a little slap happy time. But to, let's talk about the Lions. I think that the Vikings are a smidge more straightforward, a little bit kind of like the last game we talked about. Um, mm. Couples, you know, one main superstar and a couple of very straightforward ancillary pieces. Whereas the Lions. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Obviously, Amana is a superstar, but you kind of have a bunch of other dudes. Chark is like our favorite dude. But, you know, you can kind of go about things a, a, a few different ways. And this would be the one the one I'm not saying I want, I want to play him. But if there was a week to play a Jared Goff or a Kirk Cousins, it is this because there is just really no opportunity cost at the position, right? Relatively speaking, Josh Allen has a tough matchup. Jalen Hurts is definitely opportunity cost. So is Patrick Mahomes, but they're, they're so expensive and the matchups are not, you know, totally perfect. So like I said, if there's a week, this is the best game environment of the slate. Um, but again, talk, talk, let's talk about the Lions a little bit. Yeah, I think that DeAndre Swift, first of all, at 5,800, like he's, He's a little bit chalky, sure. Seventeen percent ownership is what it looks like right now, but he's like fully back. I mean, last week was his first game off the injury report. He had more carries than Jamal Williams, so I think that like this kind of feels like one of those weeks where Ramondre was below six thousand and was at thirty-five percent ownership, but people are just a little bit scared of DeAndre Swift, and I mean. Obviously, there's concern with Jamal Williams vulturing a touchdown or two, but Swift has also scored in three of the last four weeks, you know, just looking at this right here. So I think there's a very good chance you see like a seven target game for Swift gets his 10 to 13 carries, 150 all purpose yards. And if you're lucky, he gets in the end zone twice and 17 percent ownership looks like it should have been 40. Mint it. I also want to uh, I'll give credit to uh Josh Josh Norris from Underdog on this one. Um in uh the context of Swift versus the Vikings. Here's here's some some running back stats versus the Vikings of late. Tony Pollard, six catches for 109 <laughs> yards and two touchdowns. Six for one oh nine. Ramondre Stevenson, nine for seventy-six. 
Ty Johnson plus Zonovan Knight. 11, 11 catches for Ty Johnson and, and Zonovan Knight. The 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 Vikings in a, uh, Josh getting his hand in the dirt. The Vikings play kind of a uh, a shell, you know, a two shell defense, which is just literally inviting these teams to check the ball down to their running backs. And he puts you know the little wave emoji DeAndre Swift. So if you wanted any more Swift propaganda, uh, the matchup is also quite good for a pass catching back like himself. And I mean the game environment, like it's obviously the best game on the slate. The according to our like next game block that we have on you know player pages here at Player Profiler, the Vikings allow the third most points to running backs on the ground and the seventh most points to running backs through the air. Jeez. So, I think I mean that also kind of gets me thinking about two percent Jamal Williams at the same price. Like, I think that they're both appealing to to mix in just a little bit. To be honest with you guys. I think that that's that's totally fair. One one stat I also wanted to ask you guys about was um, so just Justin Jet the part of people think about it as like Jamal versus Swift, but a huge part of why <clears throat> neither Jamal or Swift have really like blown the doors off in a, a weekly ceiling scenario, other than the three touchdown Jamal game, is because they always have this third guy. Right, it was Craig Reynolds before now it is Justin Jackson just getting 10 15 20 percent of the work every single week which is like doesn't sound like a lot but when you're already splitting with someone else and then you throw you know eight nine touches to to this other dude it it, it really hurts you do you think that there's a scenario in which as Swift gets healthier that kind of third guy you know we you see him projected for four fantasy points here goes to like just like almost break break glass in case of emergency type uh, situation. And it's really swift and Jamal, because I think that would be kind of what uh, like Jamal only played 30% of snaps last week mm-hmm. and swift was over, was over just over 50. And then the, the rest was to J- Justin Jackson. Do you think there's a scenario in which like we haven't even seen the upside really of Jamal and swift because that third guy's stealing so much work. I think in week one, Deandre Swift snapshot was 65%. And then it hasn't been that high all season since. I think that that that's like the best case scenario that you're looking for. And I don't think that Craig Reynolds or any of these like third backs were involved for the Lions in that week one game against the Eagles. So I, I think that there's a good chance that we see less and less of Justin Jackson. But yeah, I mean, that has been a bit of a thorn in the in their side lately, for sure. Lions want to win this game, folks. Oh, yeah. Kids. They want to win this game bad. They are in the playoff hunt. And did you know that the Lions have a higher overall DVOA than the Vikings? <laughs> they score more points points per possession. Every If you want to dream up a, a, an analytic, it is in the favor of the Lions. That's why they're favored. They're favored in the game. They should be favored. I mean, the mm-hmm. records don't make sense because the Vikings have been running so pure this year. The luckiest team but this tells me exactly what we, and they and look at their defense DVOAs. Their defense DVOAs are both positive, which is bad, right? You want to give up you you want to be negative. You want to give up fewer points than the the average. They give up more points, both of them. They both give up at least a field goal more uh, in in you know sort of a, you know defense DVOA adjusted, all that stuff, schedule adjusted, all that. So these are these are relatively bad defenses you could argue the lions defense is now it's gotten healthier and better and they're they're now a little bit more on the positive side but we're talking about two high octane offenses 
against two subpar defenses or at least average defenses. It does set up so perfectly, even though there isn't a mobile quarterback that we really love in this game. As Dario mentioned, it hits the notes to hit an over. It's also in Detroit. It just, it's everything just feels so right, especially for this Detroit running game needing to win. They're going to play swift. They're going to put, they're going to play swift a lot. And yeah, Swift is a total smash. I'm on raw. Clearly it'll be, will be a great play. Just not at, not, don't, don't play him at the same level. The public is, and then flip that play chark at three X, the public, of course, you're going to want to put in Jefferson, wherever it makes sense, play some cook where it makes sense. I wish there was, well, we have that right in TJ Hawkinson. So, the addition of Hawkinson gives us that third option we can actually get excited about in the Vikings for runback options. It's just that it's just, how could you how could you play golf? Yeah, it's just the, so crazy. It's God. and he's chalky and he's chalky. It's a it's oh. really tough. It's really it, it's really tough for me to come around to that. I understand all the context Good. of the these two guys are both I believe the two highest projected own quarterbacks. No. With, what with yeah, that that's tough. I don't, it's no, tough. no, no. I, I think that you have to focus on Eric. I think what you got to do is you got to sit down and go. I'm gonna skinny stack this game with two to three players in a lot of my lineups, just not quarterback. I'll do these. I can do micro stacks with Hertz and Brown with a run back and without because I'm I'm loading up on the skill positions from this game, skinny stacking this game so aggressively just without the quarterback. And the reason why I thought I I totally understand what you were saying. You're like, well, Allen, the matchup sucks. And, you know, I, then I looked at the implied points that the Cowboys are getting. Mm -hmm. Oh God. Yeah. And I think, I think I found the other quarterback. I'm happy to, to pound in there. Um, in lieu of, you know, a cousin's golf where, yeah, full fade, full fade on cousin's golf, but aggressively playing this game with correlation, just not quarterback centric correlation, which is something we talked about all year, right? How many times have we talked about lions games, right? Amon Ra and X. No, only when Amon Ra is hundred percent. Yeah. Right. We right, pivoted right, right. when, when we saw Amon Ra is not right. We, okay. Let's wait till he's right. Now he's right. Boom, we're back. Yep. And and, and now, and we, now have we have Swift right. Multiple pieces. Yep. We yep. have Swift. Three. Now we have Swift. So it's like not so hot. Okay. Now Amon Ra's right. We're good. Now Swift and Amon Ra are right. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. <laughs> but that doesn't mean as excited as you can get, that doesn't mean you, you play golf. Oh, golf. Yeah, I, I like the I like the burrow. We obviously talked to, uh, at length about that game. I like you know your burrow stacks alongside these guys. The other thing is you know DeAndre Swift gets a lot of his value from pass catching, but it also like he scores rushing touchdowns, which directly take away from Jared Goff. If you just happen to get two DeAndre Swift rushing touchdowns, you can still have that exact uh, type of lineup that you mentioned. You know, Shark and Swift, Amon Ra and Swift with a Jefferson or a Cook or a Hawkinson or whatever. And golf is not going to be the guy, right? And golf is not going to be the guy. It's totally, totally 
fine. Can we talk about the Vikings though? Dario going to kick this one to you uh, as well, because I don't, uh, I don't, I don't have much to add other than, you know, the big three basically, which I would call Justin Jefferson, Dalvin cook and TJ Hawkinson. Are we missing anything at all on the, the corpse of Adam Thielen or, or anything like that? I did find it fascinating. At least maybe we should discuss the lions really shut down Justin Jefferson. It was his worst game of the year. Um, they were, they were, you know, Jeffrey Okuda is, is covering him and they're kind of putting a lot of bracket coverage in around him. I was watching some, he's really getting the hand in the dirt earlier today on, on Twitter, hey. watching some, watching, watching some people post some film, but I thought it was at least mildly interesting to consider, you know, are you just not worried about it? And, and we're still GM and Jefferson is the top priority. Dalvin, uh, is, is pretty interesting. Hawkinson, Thielen, right. Uh, walk us through the Vikings. Yeah, I think, I mean, Thielen had six catches, 61 yards and a touchdown last time these teams played each other had 100 air yards in that game eight targets i think that's definitely interesting enough at only 4900 on DraftKings. i mean the the ownership is probably a little bit higher than that i want it to be he's at like yeah. projecting for 11 percent right now but i think that you can kind of i think you can sprinkle him in and we're talking about like building lineups around other quarterbacks and taking a lot of pieces from this game you can't just afford to take Amon Ra and Jefferson and then build your Burrow stacks. So I think that Thielen is a good side piece that you're going to want to be mixing in. And I think the other big takeaway I have on this game is the, the Lions run defense. We talked about the improvement of the Lions defense. The aspect where we haven't seen that improvement is in the run defense. The pass defense has gotten better because the pass rush has really coalesced. Aiden Hutchinson is coming on and they're getting healthier at the front seven in terms of getting after the quarterback, but in terms of stopping the run, they have not really been able to do that. I think they're still bottom five in EPA allowed on the ground. So I'm kind of more interested in Dalvin cook just in a, in a raw in a vacuum than in Justin Jefferson in particular in this game, I think it's crazy, but I will say this is the classic thing that we always look back on on Monday and go, Oh, remember all that film we saw on Twitter, though? <laughs> you you yep. can see it coming a mile away. Mm-hmm. Jefferson, but but I thought, but I didn't. But with Jefferson, <laughs> it was the lines. But but the film, I mean, I saw the, the brackets. I mean, come on, we're playing. Track. What a, what about that? Da- well, so but what about Dalvin? All uh, how are you? You know. Are you That's splitting thing, it between your Jefferson? Because you're aggressively playing this in, in these sort of cook with, right? And then Jefferson with, and then you're just mixing and matching the whole time. It's just very interesting with Adam Thielen, though. His over-under the sports books in a smash spot. Oh, <laughs> 50. I'm surprised it's that I am. I, I thought it would be even, even lower than that. that 50 yards. How many times has he gone over 50 yards this year? 50, okay. More yeah, than about 50% more than I of the time. I think he's yeah, either got Adam Thielen, either he's either getting 40 yards or 60 yards. <laughs> he's a 40, 60 guy. He's 60, 40. Yeah. I think this week he's more 60, 40. So I mean, we're, we're playing him a little bit because he's, we think he's more 60, 40, but mm-hmm. there were the weeks is 40, 60. He's not getting all those. And then now with Hawkinson, he's not this red zone monster like he was before either. So that that was part of the, the thesis is like, oh, the two touchdown games are always out there for him. Eh, not yeah. really. 
not anymore. So fine. Like I said, we, 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 you're going to essentially allocate two to three spots in every lineup for this game. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you're pivoting off the quarterback, you're good with it, right? Because you're going to let the chalk flow to those two quarterbacks that you're going to be completely off of. And it lets you kind of be as aggressive as you want, you know, across two to three slots for this game elsewhere. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, like Burrow has less ownership than Kirk and Goff, which is kind of silly. And then Chase has less ownership than Amon Ross St. Brown. And Higgins has less ownership than Justin Jefferson and about the same as TJ Hawkinson. Like, I think that, you know, the market's probably going a little bit too crazy on this game. Yeah, that 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 was kind of my thoughts too. Is like that's kind of why we kicked it off, <laughs> kicked off the conversation, uh, factoring some of that in. I well, like we everybody do that here, sometimes. Et cetera, et cetera. We do that. We we often start the show with uh, the theme is like Bengals are undervalued. Let's just start there. <laughs> yeah, and this game and this game is at best appropriately valued and probably at worst one thing i will say it's like it's like it's being drafted at its ceiling yeah yeah pretty much like you're how do you construct the team with amon ra and justin jefferson and whatever and and deandre swift and win the turn and like win a tournament you know what i mean now now you have to really now you're going to really have to sink your teeth into something crazy off the board because yeah, how many, you know, especially yeah. you play the Millie maker or something, how many people are going to have, how many thousands of teams are going to have those? That's my, that's mostly my, that's why shark makes sense to me. That's why when you mentioned Dalvin, I, I really like Dalvin. It's like, mm-hmm. I like the game environment too. How do I get access to this game environment without <laughs> chopping GPP, you know, chopping GPPs on a, on a 10 game slate. That's why uh, Dario I, likes Dalvin, dude. He's I think the, it makes he's the He's the path. He's the path. Um, uh, one last thing on 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 this game. Uh, the folks have been mentioning. Uh, Alex says sounds like a spot for Michigan native, bringing in the old uh, narrative uh, street. <laughs> KJ KJ Osborne and Brad also likes a little a little bit of Osborne. Um, I don't really have a comment on Osborne. I'll let you guys if you want to, uh, yay or nay him. But uh, didn't Osborne go to Miami? I thought he went to Miami, but maybe he's from. Oh, geez. Yeah, I'm guessing that would be like they're going to like where his hometown and, is and shit. Yeah, friends and family game. Friends oh and family my game. god, friends and family. <laughs> the Gronk in Buffalo oh narrative. God, <laughs> he is from. Yep, I don't. It's YPS. I never heard of a town that starts with those three uh, uh, letters in a row. Y Ypsilanti. Ypsilanti, oh, is that Michigan. like in the, in the peninsula? I don't know. We're about to find. I'm oh, about man. to learn all he about. He hasn't been relevant for DFS since week three against Detroit. So the last time he faced Detroit, he was the guy. 131 oh air yards, eight he really? targets. He was. Yeah. So <laughs> I know that is that is the narrative. I I get it. Um, but uh, I also get why people are gonna talk themselves out of Justin Jefferson and feel really bad about it. Yeah, yeah he's had. KJ Osborne has had one game over 40 air yards since week four. Yeah. So he didn't uh, do anything with that. That was Buffalo. That was a tricky spot for him. But yeah, four, I yeah. mean, he, you, you could, I doubt, what's the salary? His salary is cheap. Uh, very cheap. 3,500. So yeah, you're going to play some KJ. You're probably going to play him ahead of like Philip Dorsett, but definitely don't play him ahead yeah. of. That's a great uh, point, right? We would probably rather have Bell. 
because yeah, Bell, Bell is I was going to say Rivers. I mean, we'll see. I mean, Bell could totally change. We as soon as, if this hip injury turns the wrong way, I mean, Bell's going to be pff, yeah. Forget, I mean, very different story. That's going to annoy me. But uh, <laughs> I like Bell regardless. So if Cooper even plays, I still like Bell better than Osborne. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Ypsilanti is where Eastern Michigan University is. Ah, yeah. Uh, anybody was curious, and no, uh, uh, I'm sure Eastern Michigan was devastated they didn't get him. Yeah, exactly. He went to IMG. I didn't. I didn't realize he uh, uh, went to the football factory. But uh, forty. I mean, just just you know, take your bracket coverage takes. Add it to the fact that KJ Osborne's got all the fam and friends, his mm. boys. His boys are coming. I'm telling you. Oh, wow. Now we got it all. We got it all here. The Twitter this, brackets. This is the, the this is the makings of a two for twelve. I mean, have you ever <laughs> this is Justin Jefferson 13 for two for <laughs> 202 <laughs> and KJ Osborne four targets for two catches and yeah. <laughs> two for twelve. I mean, I mean I hate that I've been around so long. Yeah, this is I think that is exactly uh what happens. Let's talk though. I think we kind of wrapped this one this one up. I think it's I'm glad we talked like it kind of as long as we did about those first two games because I think they're the priority and I think they're difficult to kind of figure out what to do for different reasons. You know, the Deshaun Watson factor and and Burrow can be difficult to pick whether it's both guys, one guy, Boyd, whatever. Uh, and the second one with kind of the ownership and everything and the quarterbacks being guys we never want to play. I'm glad we talked through those guys. Let's talk through, though, a couple of the other spots a little bit more quickly that whether we want to stack those games or kind of, you know, solo stack a DAC to CD and uh, and then figure out the the correlations around it with those first two games. I think that's probably what we're going to do, right, with these other games is mm-hmm. yeah. a DAC CD stack with with the other games surrounded it uh, surrounding it. Do you want to pull up the lineup genius for this, uh, Dario? Yeah, this let's is, do it. Can, oh, great for the lineup genius because we can turn up the correlation. There's a correlation setting. We'll we'll pick DAC with some stacking partner, probably CD Lamb, maybe even Tony Pollard. Yeah, and, I think that. Um, and then we can pick, and then we can pick someone from the Lions from, game, yep. and, and ratchet up the up correlation. correlation that'll yeah, force yeah. a run back on, on for both players. Yeah. So you guys, let's do CD Lamb for starters and Swift. Ch- Swift Chase. I like it. Uh, let me find because that will force probably force a Brown, and it will force a Viking. And those were the two teams we were kind of like Chase. we like guys, but we're not as totally honed in on one mm-hmm. right and then we'll leave the running back and tight end stacks on because we i mean i'm, I'm fine with schultz or pollard yeah or zeke i think zeke and pollard both probably find the end zone multiple times in this game i mean it, this should be a uh the old like high school name your score match you know the nine and O team playing the night playing the O and nine team or whatever yeah so the optimizer picked up cook we had locked in swift and chase and hawk gallop Nico Nico's Collins, out, right? <laughs> oh, I think I think Nico's out. Yeah. Oh, he's he's been ruled out. I think so. Let me double I didn't know check. He was... I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's why Dorset, dude. That's why do you think we were talking about Dorset earlier? I mean, it's I just thought we were talking about Dorset because he was the number two receiver with Nico last week with Cooks hurt. Collins is not going to play. Oh no, he he is out. Neither is Derek Stingley. I didn't realize Derek. Jesus, go, go back. You can go back to the settings, Dario. And yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll exclude. Will not play. He's not expected to play. Per Aaron Wilson from KPRC. He is one of their main beat writers. Uh, I know. Yeah, Aaron Wilson. I I I recognize that name. 
as one of the more trusted beat reporters from the Houston Texans. Uh, not all of them that report on Houston are that trustworthy. I'll just say that. <laughs> what situation uh, made you figure <laughs> that has happened with the Texans over the last couple know. of years made you figure? <laughs> Some of them are full of it. <laughs> all right, this is uh, a pretty pretty nice looking lineup here, right? You get Gallup Ooh. is officially back. I, it was really kind of a bummer that he smashed off the main slate because I feel like he's one of those guys that we've been touting up as like he's been back for a few weeks now. It was only a matter of time. Yeah. He got the two touchdowns in a Sunday night game. Isaiah Pacheco making it in here. We love to see it. You, you know what the RB2 is? I mean, I know Pacheco could be the RB2. You could flip those and put a receiver in there if you want. That's fine. You can also, in the settings, you can say what you want in flex. So you could take mm-hmm. the running back out of flex if you want. That's another set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we, we have that all set up. But I just want to say, RB2, I don't care. Like, we should just have a slot. We should have another setting that's like RB2, I don't care. It doesn't, <laughs> I don't care. I'm, when I see Murray in there, I love it. I love it. When I, when I, an RB2, I just want to keep, I want to be dirty. I'm like, <laughs> be dirty. Just get in the muck. Just slather myself with mud. You know what I mean? RB2, fucking slap me. I don't care. <laughs> slap me like you mean it. <laughs> well, that's uh I'm glad you're saying that because the two running backs I have tagged are in a game maybe we'll touch on very briefly. Uh out in Seattle, little 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 Travis Homer and uh Donta Foreman action uh yeah. uh jamming those guys into lineups is gonna feel really really fun. <laughs> DJ Dallas gonna that play. Sounds- I don't. The last I heard is DJ Dallas. No, Ken Walker. No, Travis Homer. Yes. Oh God. Uh, I, I ran. That I sounds ran, a lot I, like I the, the uh, wrong Kenyan guy Drake goddamn secret, it. sneaky chalk yeah, that turned into yeah. like a one point oh, yeah. a couple weeks ago. Travis Homer is going to be the Kenyan Drake a hundred percent in that in that game. Listen, if you're DJ Dallas, I I just want to say this, okay. For all NFL players, listen, I think that you guys are super brave, courageous. You are gladiators. I wouldn't do it, right? I would be <laughs> worried about my uh, brain matter leaking out of my <laughs> ear after the first hit. So nothing but respect. And I certainly would not inject myself with the Toradol and some of these painkillers in order to play. That they do that is, you know, one of the sort of a signature most respectful things that I think in all of sports that it probably shouldn't be part of the culture at all, but the fact they're doing it, it's just like, you know, the, the brutality of like the samurai, like back in the day, you got to respect that shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hey, Dallas was like almost immediately ruled out with after DJ ankle, Dallas. Right? And I would came tell back him, I would right put my away. arm around him, and I'd be like, whatever it fucking takes to play. <laughs> Get out there. This is your shot, dude. This is your Eminem eight-mile shot, right? Lose yourself. Fucking shoot that ankle up. I would be out there no matter what if I'm deep. Because it's like, how many opportunities? The guy, is he's, his career is hanging on. He has, he, Ken Walker goes down, and then to, to hurt your ankle after. Oh, it's just, yeah, I would do everything. If there was one excuse that you would make, like, listen, normally I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to take the needle. I'm not going to, you know, or I'm not going to subject myself to a potential re-injury. When your career is on the line, I would do, you know, that would be the one case where 
you know, if I would be like, you know what? I see it. I can see it. I can see, I can see just going all the way uh, with, with, with Homer. The problem is he's, he's not going to get any kind of full snap share. DJ Dallas at least could be a workhorse. I think the, the most, probably the most inefficient back in the history of the NFL, Tony Jones is probably going to be involved <laughs> regardless. I of... hate that so much. <laughs> yes, I know. I Agreed. hate that. Oh my God. I just want to add in, uh, I'm looking at literally like six minutes ago, um, the Seahawks official injury report came out. Both DJ Dallas and Ken Walker are questionable, but they have neither has practiced at all this week. Uh, Travis Homer does not have a injury designation. And They're not playing. And interesting, interestingly, uh, you know, D, you mentioned uh, Amari popped up with a hip issue. DK Metcalf also popped up with a hip, hip issue, uh, and is questionable. I, I, I'm just assuming he's going to play, but that's at least mildly interesting. And mm-hmm. Will Disley is also questionable. So, a lot of shit going on out there in uh, in Seattle, and uh, kind of similar to the Amari thing. Some of those guys, you know, drastically change the slate uh, depending upon who plays, doesn't play, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think Gino I think, popped no, up I on the injury I think we're lucky, though. In some ways, we're too. lucky. Yeah. Because you don't really want to play Homer or Jones. <laughs> right? You never want to play I don't want to play half the be- – look, look at the games we're talking about here to this week. I don't want to play any of these guys. <laughs> no, but sometimes it happens. Like, if Dallas were healthy, and I, like I said, I wish he was. It's too bad he's not, right? Um, then it would change things dramatically. Right. But if it's not Dallas, I'm not interested. Right. I'm sure. not. I, I could see you dabbling on Homer. understand why in PPR, full PPR on DraftKings. I understand that. Uh, I, I'm, we, we don't we don't play people like Tony Jones. I just want to know that. Absolutely. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Um, I do kind of like that game. Uh, maybe we can briefly touch on that one for just two minutes after we're done with this uh, this exercise. Do we do, do we want to look at any more DAC teams, or do you want to look at any of I these? Think, Josh I think Allen while we're or... here, yeah, I want to emphasize like to people, you can play these elite court like these three elite quarterbacks right here. They're all at lower ownership than we usually see them. I mean, I remember Josh Allen the first time he played the Jets a few weeks ago. Obviously, we saw that it didn't go well, but he was still much chalkier going into that matchup than he is this week. And I think that he's still like freaking Josh Allen, you know, like, so I think <laughs> you can build a Josh Allen stack and, you know, force in, let's put a receiver in the flex here. And then, you know, we'll force in the stacks with Allen, get our, I mean, who were some other pieces we talked about? Like get Higgins Higgins, and maybe uh, Dalvin in here. But chart, uh, yeah, or, Dalvin yeah chart, or chart. I like chart. chart for sure. Um, yeah, baby. Yeah, no, I, my, my larger point with DJ Dallas was that even if he does play, I don't trust it. If yeah. he didn't practice all week, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play him because who knows what he did to get on the field, knowing that, you know, like he said, and then it, and he he's he's not right. He doesn't have the same level of push off the ankle, mm-hmm. doesn't have the same explosiveness, could leave the game early again, re-aggravate. Mm-hmm. So even if you 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 get up for that game because you feel like you need to you need to be out there uh for because you're you know you're you're playing for your next contract that happens in the NFL mm-hmm. but whenever a guy misses all 3 days of practice I'm out yeah i, I mean, mean there's a there's a the, famous both of those guys 
be questionable after not practicing all week is the most Pete Carroll thing I've ever heard. I hate that. Uh, yes, I know. God damn it, Pete. He knows. He knows they're he not knows. playing. He, he knows they're not playing. What he's probably doing is that pressure, that old school pressure style. I'm going to make you questionable. He you is. guys warm up and see how you feel. He knows that they're not going to be able to play and they're going to see if they can shoot him up and, and, exactly. and, and get out there. Yeah, it's yeah, the, I know. You can't make the club it's in shameful. the tub, right? That's a, it's a world, you know, it's a famous saying. You can't make the club in the tub. And so people fight through bullshit injuries that they shouldn't play through because their career, their life is, it's, it's you know, wild. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I think like for example, something like this where you're getting twenty percent total ownership between Allen and Gabe Davis, who those two guys can single handedly carry you, and then you get super loaded on the Bengals, get your little correlation in this Lions Vikings game with Hawk and I like Shark Hawk. Yep. Like oh yeah. This is I think this is the way to play this slate. What do you? Yeah, there, there's you could even you could even go back and take out Boyd if you don't like that matchup because there's very few mm-hmm. slot. I mean, this is this is the same lineup with than, than who, who Boyd's going to be facing. Then you can just go ahead and say, you know what, I want I don't want any Boyd. I'm I'm going to fade Boyd this week uh, for multiple reasons, and you can put him in the in the in the X column. Yeah, oh, Swift and Knight feels so nice. And I mean, it's hard for me to believe that his ownership is still this low when it's been said he's still going to be the starter. He's getting yeah. a lot of passing down work. I think Matt Milano is questionable this week. That Bills defense is a lot less scary. Von Miller's Matt out Milano for the year. At linebacker. Yeah, Von Miller as well, obviously. Is that are you guys um kind this of making so that assumption cool with Zonovan here? Oh yeah, we're is in on that, Zonovan. Okay. Oh, we're we're big time in on Zonovan. But this is exactly what we're talking about. Dak Gallup, Allen McKenzie, you know, Allen Davis, these like micro stacking with the big, hairy mobile quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. And and then getting actually more salary exposure to Lions to Vikings, just not yeah. via the quarterback position. Yeah, like look at this. We get Thielen, Shark, Swift, along with Higgins Chase. Like this is I mean that's five of our lineup spots in the two games we spent the whole show talking about. And then <laughs> Josh Allen, like Dawson Knox is just like probably the cheapest weapon you can pair with Josh Allen is why the optimizer went there. And then, like we said, Zon of a night. Well, would you manually change one of Higgins or chase? Is it a so. thing that would you play Higgins and chase without burrow? Is that a thing anyone would want? Or is that, is that a rule of thumb violation? I would not. I would not Probably. do that. Just, 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 just because the what they need to do to win you that tournament at those prices, um, it's hard for me to see not wanting Joe Burrow. I would maybe swap if you could swap Chase for Brown. I think you could do Mixon and one of them without Burrow because right. I don't know if oh yeah, runs sure. runs for oh, touchdowns, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think Brown's great because then you're also getting some exposure to Hurts. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to see if we can get up to Diggs. I think we're about like three hundred dollars off of Diggs right here. You can swap a defense or something. Yeah. Um. Maybe not. Panthers defense. (laughs) Yeah. And then you get Diggs. I like it. Isn't it crazy? DFS is fun, guys. You, isn't this this is a fun I'm and glad yeah, we did I mean this. we could do this exercise with Hertz and Mahomes too. I think that's the beauty of the slate. Yeah, but, you know yeah. that Allen the defense doesn't matter against Allen. The defense doesn't matter against Mahomes. The defense doesn't matter against Hertz. So 
and tons of implied points for Prescott. And then we like Watson Burrow and those are your quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be the most expensive. Oh, well, we're telling you, Hey, play some pickets. Some weeks we're telling you, Hey, play some Mike white. I don't see it this week. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, no. Th- I think you can keep cousins and Goff out of your quarterback pool entirely. Cause we don't get very many slates with Allen hurts and Mahomes all taking chalk away from each other. And they're not even, they're not, they don't even own. need to do that, dude. Yeah. Everyone's playing the two quarterbacks we hate playing. And Burrow, yeah, you can. I, I think you could play those five, yeah, five, six quarterbacks right there. And I, I think yeah, you could they, probably sprinkle a little Geno, honestly. Like, of course, if, if those running backs are all right, if Travis Homer's going to, uh, and Tony Jones Jr. or whatever, if they're going to score, assuming DK Metcalf does play, maybe Will Disley doesn't play, then you get a little Noah Fant action. I think, yeah, I like that route better. I just, you know, we don't like it when teams play like the Panthers it's just no it's such a I don't like Gino this week because of the even at home uh and now you're now you're losing yeah. any like sort of a breakaway runs in, in the passing game from Kenneth Walker those are no longer an option now we have DK on the injury report yeah there's just little you know what I mean like I feel like I'm getting signals from on my satellite dish <laughs> from you know external space and it's like doot, doot, doot. and it's like don't 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 but yes yes to fant yes yeah, I to like a, fant. a singular fant a singular locket i think it's a good game for well two two things i'd say i just would like G, like if people are gonna play we've been playing gino as like a cash game quarterback for like most of the year he's still at the same price mm-hmm. and we're gonna play jared goff as chalk over Geno Smith, it's like if I if I need the six K quarterback, I'm not playing Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins. I would rather play you know Geno to lock it or Fant or Gino whatever. Has the Q tag? You know what, Pete Carroll, go to hell, <laughs> go to hell. You know but what? Was, like I like that just, game. What a jerk! I like that game for secondary type again. Like your fillers, Fant. Uh, I like Dante Foreman, right? Uh, Foreman you know, is the, a cool one. Is, yeah, is that's your RB two. Like your I don't yeah. care RB two. When we talk about I don't mm-hmm. care RB two, you want to get down and dirty. That's what we're talking about with Dante yep. Foreman. Yeah, and then you get Noah Fant. The matchup is really good for Foreman. The yeah, Seahawks like run defense has not been anything special this year. I think we got it, folks. I think we, I think we got it. I, I was going to say this shit out. I was playing around with some Mahomes <laughs> I here I, in the I'll background. Down. I liked the the, uh, the last thing I was going to say is as you started to go through. Allen, Mahomes, Hurts, etc. It's fascinating that we kind of stumbled across this line of construction because all of the, mainly the secondary weapons for all of those guys are cheap. Gabe Davis is 5,300. Dawson Knox is 3,800. Isaiah McKenzie is cheap. Devonta Smith, Hurts only throws to Juju two guys is 5,600. Juju is 5,600. MVS 2. is 3%. <laughs> These like right, so Kelsey's expensive, AJ Brown's expensive, you know, Diggs is expensive, but everyone else on those elite offenses with elite quarterbacks is cheap. Jalen Hurts only throws to two guys without Dallas Goddard, and Quez is out now. Quez is hurt. Like, oh, god, there's Devonta Smith, cheap, Gabe Davis, cheap, Juju, cheap. All these you can get access to them and play our games that we spent, you know, an hour talking about. I, I think it makes too much sense. Yeah, I agree with like this is I mean this is pretty nice looking here to me. That's fun. Yeah, look, there's Devonta. You get Jefferson. We I mean, swap out Zay for our guy Chark. 
and uh, and you know we move move on. Or even Gallup or other things. Gallup. Like Gallup. This is the by the way now now that everyone has has had their uh, their hand slapped away on Zay Jones. Now you can go back to him. Yeah, a hundred percent. Happy to go back to him. <laughs> Titans. It's a good matchup for uh, yeah Zay Jones. Um, let's wrap with what we always wrap with. And uh, I'm really interested. Normally, I have an idea of what you guys are, are are going to say. And I think we're all on the same general thesis of the slate. But the one thing that you know that you have to jam into tournament lineups this week, right? What's the conviction play? What's the could be an individual player could be, you know, a little correlation or whatever. What's the one thing that you got to jam into tournaments? Dario, we will start it with you. I think it's Jamar Chase. Plain and Love simple. It. Like stud, he you know he had a pretty good game last week, but he didn't you know, blow the doors off anyone. He didn't grab the fantasy world's you know at- entire attention. But I think this is a very good week for him to do that. Like you said, Matt, the the uh, Bengals secondary or sorry the Brown secondary a lot better in the slot than out wide, and the Bengals offense has been humming while Jamar Chase was out. I think this is kind of reminiscent of. You know, the Cowboys offense figuring out what they need to do because Cooper Rush was in and then getting Dak back and they're, you know, super loaded. And I think this is a similar deal. The Bengals offense figured out what they needed to do. Now they're getting their best weapon back. I think it's is this week is a very good week for Jamar Chase to have, you know, 150 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, I think you monopolize all the expensive quarterbacks this week. You let the public go bang their heads against the wall. With those uh, Lions and Vikings pocket passers, and uh, you 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 crumple, you take recency bias, especially last week's game, uh, Cleveland Houston, crumple that up, throw it away. And the guy that we've we've always been wanting to play, we've been talking about playing him for thirteen weeks. This is the moment. He faces Cam Taylor Britt on the outside. He's in that George Pickens role in the exact same spot where Pickens should have gone completely nuclear. It is Donovan Peoples Jones. This is what you call conviction, Eric. Oh, now we're talking. (laughs) I'm going to add on to that. We're basically building a lineup for you here with three different things. You make sure you get your Jamar Chase and you get your DPJ on the other side. You, as Matt said, monopolize those elite quarterbacks and you don't, you don't need to fade full out fade the lions Vikings game. You can use our guy, DJ Chark, and go. Matt said, "Who cares about our RB two? Let's let's get that not super highly owned running back on the other side of DJ Chark against the Lions' pass defense in Dalvin Cook. That's your way to play that Lions Vikings game with everything these two fellas said here. Put that all together, throw it in your optimizer, and uh, spit out your 150 teams. And uh, that's how you win. That's how you win this week." Uh, I'm really glad we figured this out because before, an hour and a half ago, I really didn't know what I what I wanted to do. Pencils with this down. Slate. Yeah, exactly. Pencils down. I'm good. I'm ready to rock and roll for Sunday. So that'll do it for Matt, for Dario, of course, for Steve. Behind the scenes, we will see you guys next week in week 15. 